Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom on break, and proud podcaster. Y'all, I am still so bummed out. I don't know where the time went. The Milestone series, this is the final installment of that series and I had so much fun. Last week I got a little bit, you know, riled up and I was just going in and just, oh my goodness, but I get excited about this stuff because I want you guys to be tooled up. But before we get into that today, I have a few little announcements, things that we need to know so we're all on the same page as we continue to move forward. Um, reminder, everything now is all on iHeartSpeechTherapy.com. You can find everything, blogs, podcasts, YouTube videos. Some of you guys don't even know I have a YouTube page. Check it out. You can find it not under iHeartSpeechTherapy or I've Got This Kid, but it's under my name, Sharina Williams, CCCSLP. You can find me there. Um, also... After these next two episodes, this episode today will be the final installation of the Milestone series. Then we're going to do an episode, Discipline is Not Abuse. I can't wait to do that one. Y'all already know that's going to be like, it's going to be fun. And then we're going to do the Back to School series. And we're going to be covering all kinds of great stuff about finding fit schools. I'm not a homeschooler. What do I do? Um, what are my options? So we're going to be covering a lot of great things. And I believe that'll be four or five weeks of episodes for that. Um, continue to send in your questions. I got a question last week and I responded right on the spot. Somebody hit me on the Instagram page and I responded right back to them and we were all so excited about it. So continue to send in your questions as needed. I'm here as your tool, giving you information. I thank you guys too for the feedback that you've been giving. Um, I've been getting calls, I've been getting emails, just giving a lot of great feedback. And so I really appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, become a member, um, just to let us know that we're on the right track and we're doing some amazing stuff final announcement for today. And then we're going to get right into things. I promise. Um, my family has had a crazy 90 days, not just because of COVID-19 or social distancing, but we've had two unexpected deaths in the last 90 days. And it has been like, ah! and that's an understatement. And so for this show, I want to dedicate it to my cousin Hattie Breed and her two little sugars, Heaven and Sir. I love you guys so much. We're going to pull through this and get through this together. Um, also to my sister Charmaine and her crew, we're going to get through this. Y'all stay strong. You're in my prayers. So for the last, what, four or five weeks, we've been working on the Milestone series. And this is our final, final curtain call. Not that the sugars stop growing. They don't stop growing. They're still doing their thing. But things certainly take a different kind of turn during this time because now they're shifting from still being cute and cuddly, but now it's time to start sneaking in some other stuff that I had you world changers stay away from, right? I kept saying no pre-academics, no focusing on those things, no thinking about that stuff. But guess what, y'all? Now is the time. 
So we're going to get into it. We're going to break it, break it down the way that I always break it down because it's easy to remember these three areas that speech and language pathologists look at as far as development goes. We always look at understanding language, which is our receptive language, expressive language, our vocabulary that we use to uh, put together words and sentences, and pragmatics, our social skills, how we put all of that stuff together to get along in the world. And that is like a lifelong lesson. Nobody ever really masters that. We learn, but we don't master. But we use this time to teach these skills to make sure that we've got like a really strong foundation. And with that being said, we're gonna go straight into receptive language. One thing that we expect at this age is for our sugars to understand commands with prepositions. Put the dish in the sink, right? The N is the preposition. So now they can follow that. So all of that building up those in, on, unders that we did in those last um, in those last milestones or age and ranges, now we're expecting them to carry it out with more complex commands and longer sentences. We also expect them to understand simple possessives like yours, this is yours, and this is mine, my, yours, his, hers. And remember, we tackled like the intro of that where they got real excited about understanding mine, 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 and that possessive piece. But now not only do they understand it from their perspective, they should also see it from other people's perspective. Like that's mommy's car, that's your car, that's your shirt, that's your toy, which is important as they continue to grow the community around them, they need to understand that everything doesn't belong to them and that other things belong to other people and that they can't just take everything that they want. We also expect them to respond consistently to who and what questions. And the questions will become more complex and more open-ended. Why? Because they got no, they got more words now. And so we expect them to respond with longer strings. But as the world changer, we can start asking like more open-ended things like, um, who are you gonna play with on the playground today? Um, what are you gonna do uh, at school during your free time? Or what are you gonna do at home during your free time? Or what are you gonna do? So we can ask those things. Or if we see them getting into some stuff, we can say, what were you doing? And they'll kind of give you like the, uh, but you can ask again and they can actually explain from start to finish what they were doing, what was happening, why it was happening and all the above. So now this is where the conversation becomes a bit more complex because they can give you more information because you've been doing all that work for all that time before and now it's time to really put it into action. They should understand simple possessive forms like mommy's baby or daddy's favorite boy, um, my favorite toy, things like that. Because again, that possessive, it extends beyond them now. Everything doesn't revolve around them. And so now they're starting to understand relationships with other people and other things and how other people have established um, possessive relationships with things that they enjoy. And, and you might see them get all lit up when they're like, who's my favorite little guy? And they're all like, yeah, it's me, it's me, it's me, right? Because they know that that person has that 
I guess, uh, feeling of endearment or feeling of excitement or feeling of whatever that belongs to them, right? And so receptively, things are becoming so much more complex. So there's not as many things that we expect them to master. It's much different than those other stages. Remember, I kept telling you guys between like 18 to 30 months, you need a night-night nap because so many things are going on. But now it's kind of coming full circle and everything is starting to kind of come into play to where they're really using the stuff that they know and showing you as the world changer that they can apply it in the world around them. They can talk about things. They should be a lot less frustrated during this time because now they're able to understand a whole lot more that's going on. And there should not be as much of you like having to like walk them through things because they should be able to carry it out because they've had all this experience starting at a around 12 months of following simple commands. Commands become more complex. As the vocabulary grows, then they're able to apply it to the world around them. So that's actually it for receptive language. For expressive language, that's our vocabulary. The words that they use. Um, now the single words are becoming sentences. Now the sentences are becoming more complex. I want to just put a plug out there that, remember, speech is different than language. Those are not synonymous. They're not the same, right? And so the speech is the sounds that come out of their mouth. The sounds that we use to produce words, puh, buh, tuh, cuh, guh, duh, was, sh, ch, and on and on and on, right? We use those sounds to make words. And so at this point, their articulators, they've been working, they've been learning how to like work and sync. And remember the articulators, the lips, the tongue, the teeth, the hard palate, the soft palate, and the brain telling them what to do. They should know what to do by now. And so at this point, they should be pretty intelligible. You should understand a lot of what they're saying. Like there should be no question as to what they're saying and how they're saying it. Um, because at this point, things should kind of be worked out. And there still may be like some word drop-offs or some sound ending deletions, but that's okay at this point. You should still understand a majority of what they're saying. So with that being said, expressively, we expect them to use words to express observations to talk about the things that they see. If they go outside, then they're talking about the big airplane in the sky or the little bug that just flew by them or the car that was loud or anything that's going on that they see, they should be telling you about it. And again, this is where it gets really fun because you can really pick their brains at this point because they're gonna tell you exactly what they see and you can kind of observe where their vocabulary is and how they're describing things and you can even build it up. So like, for example, let's go back to the bug that just flew by. There was a bug, look a bug. And you can say, oh man, that was a big black stinky bug, right? And so I just added a bunch of descriptors there without asking them to do anything. And so next time they see that bug go by, you might hear them repeat some of that stuff that they said. So this is a great time to really pick up, listen to what they're saying, really pay attention y'all, because you can get in some good stuff while just simply being in tune with what they're seeing. 
And you can refine some of the, the thoughts and the ideas and the concepts and the theories, the things that they're thinking and doing, you can refine that and change that during that time and make it make sense to the world around you, around them, not you, around them, because they're really relying on you at this point. You also expect them to use words to exper express experiences that affect their world. Now, this is where, again, I know we talked a lot about possessives and them understanding like yours and mine, but they're still really sensitive about the things that are going on around them, around the things that are happening in their environment. So like if you're an essential worker and they're back at preschool and they're back in that class, they might tell you what happened on the playground. They might tell you what happened outside with sister or brother or a neighbor or whoever it is that they're interacting with that has some kind of impact or effect on how they feel. And this is a great time to like deal with like emotions and how did that make you feel? And it doesn't have to become like a big counseling session, but you can validate that. It's okay to feel that way, baby. I'm sorry that little Sarah did whatever she did or little Jaden did whatever he did. You know, it's okay to feel that way, but X. It's okay to, but X, right? Because we want them to know that what they're experiencing is valid and they're not alone. And we want to give them that space to be able to come to us and kind of help them through that. Teachers are also really great during this time too. Um, usually they'll help like really get them to like make sense of what's happening in their world. Because again, they're going to be experiencing new things because they're paying attention to new things. Early on, they weren't quite paying attention as much as they are now because now they're really starting to observe what's going on and they're going to not just observe, but talk about it with you. We expect them to use phrases and sentences meaningfully. And I think by now you should notice the trend that everything's becoming more conversational. When we talked about receptive, we can now ask open-ended questions and they can respond. We can respond back. We can conversation, could take conversational turns. I talk, you listen, you talk, I listen. I give three seconds, let you respond. I listen actively, then I respond. And we wanna really just build up that skill as well because as we're having these conversations that are talking about their experiences, talking about the world around them, talking about their observations, we're building up their vocabulary. We're teaching them how to communicate, to express themselves in a way that they weren't quite doing before. Remember everything before was based on like person, place or thing. They were building up these nouns because they needed to build up their vocabulary and they needed to build up their vocabulary because they needed to talk about the things or be prepared to talk about the things that's happening around them. So now that they got all these nouns and actions and adverbs and they've got all these things going on, these modifiers, these pronouns and all of this fun stuff, they can now apply it with you and talk to you. And the conversations are hilarious at this point because they're blatantly honest and they have no inhibitions. And that's what makes them so great. You know exactly what they're feeling. They're going to tell you what they're feeling because they don't have that filter yet. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> they're also using words to relate information about other people, their actions, 
or their experiences. Now, if you've listened to any of the other episodes, you know, I'll tell you in a heartbeat, they're little snitches at this point. They're going to tell on you. They're going to tell on him. They're going to tell on her. They're going to tell on whoever. They're going to tell it to anybody who's listening. They don't even care because they're funny like that. They're observing and they're talking about it. And again, they don't have like that awareness. Like if I tell you what such and such was doing, then that's kind of snitching. And that's kind of maybe in some situations wrong. (laughs) It's really cute though. They don't mean any harm, (laughs) But, but they do it. They talk about stuff that's going on because they're seeing it. And, and it's fun and it's exciting for them to talk about that. And you might be seeing them at this point be like the safety guard. Like they might be really sensitive about when people break the rules. Because remember, you've been working so hard to like teach rules. And so when they see other people breaking the rules, they'd be like, he, 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 he did, he, oh, he crossed the street. And you know, like it's, it's hilarious. But they're supposed to do that because again, they're supposed to be talking about Uh, what's going on around them and actions that they see around them. And they have enough like wherewithal to be able to be like, that was wrong. And they're establishing that. And it's really cool. It's really funny. And finally, they they engage in extended and meaningful nonverbal exchanges with others. And so what's our nonverbal language when we don't use our words? We use our bodies. It's going to be much different than when they were like using their bodies to get their wants and their needs. They know how to make faces. They know how to make expressions. They know how to read that. They know how to engage that. If you notice at this age too, you might see them like doing stuff out of the car window in the back seat to other drivers around. And they're testing it out because now they know that nonverbal communication, it has meaning, just as much meaning as when they use their actual words. And so they know how to use that. And if they know sign language, you can use it with them during that time too, where they will respond to you and you'll respond to them. So that wraps it up for expressive language. Finally, pragmatics. This is where everything comes together. This is like the glue. They're taking everything that they know, everything that they can say, and they're putting it all together to use in the world around them. So this is what you're going to start seeing. And funny enough, the pragmatic piece is the biggest piece for this age. Why? Because they're putting everything into use. Everything's becoming so much more complex. So again, you're going to see yourself talking more, engaging more. They're going to be talking more to you, describing more. And so we want to see this happen. We want to see like this pragmatic boom. Remember like a few stages ago, we were talking about language boom and they were picking up new words. Now it's social boom and they should be doing more things pragmatically with you and with others around them. They should respond differently to familiar and unfamiliar children. So you might see them kind of hide behind your leg if they see somebody new and give like a little, maybe, you know, they're trying to check things out versus if it's like their friend or their sibling, they're going to be all, ah, how you doing? And give them a big old hug. It's going to be a much different exchange because now they know the difference, right? They all know that kids are kids, but they now know the difference between people who are familiar to their environment and unfamiliar to their environment. So if there's like a new kiddo in school, you might hear about that on the way home. You might hear about um, 
about different kiddos who come around in the neighborhood or different experiences with unfamiliar children. Because again, they're making that observation of what's familiar, what's not familiar, what they know, what they don't know. And they've already been talking about it. And so something new is going to be worth them talking about it. We also expect them to play with a peer using the same material. That's just a fancy way of saying like using the same toy, engaging in the same activity without disturbing each other. Now, 24 months, you know, 30 months, they were still like, look, don't touch the blocks. They're my blocks. Don't touch the cars. They're my cars. Don't touch the little, little people because I'm playing with that. And that's mine. And that's yours. Don't touch it. Don't do it. Or else it's going to be mayhem smoking the city. But now, you know, they can split without you having to be moderator. And they're probably even going to offer at this point because they're interested in you having yours and me having mine and us doing together. And so you'll see them like engaging in that way and doing together and they won't necessarily be mad about being side by side and having the same thing. You might even see them playing this way now instead of this way, which is really cool because that means that they're starting to build up those, those social interactions with, with others and forming real meaningful friendships um, not that the other ones weren't meaningful, but this is just different. It's it's a much different, much more complex play. And if you don't believe me, look at your two-year-old videos and look at your three-year-old videos that you have on your smartphone or on your camcorder, whatever you have that you use that you're recording, you'll see that there's a noted difference in how they engage with others. They're using objects to make believe. This is where imaginative play becomes big. It becomes huge. They're using playhouses. They're using puppet houses. They're the ones facilitating. If you look at a two-year-old classroom and the three-year-old classroom, you might see the puppet houses out. You'll see the playhouses out. You'll see like all these different things, like probably the cook set and the kitchenette and all of these, these different things where they're able to explore a little bit differently. And what's going to be different from the two-year-old class is that everything is going to be in its proper space. Whereas with the two-year-old class, you might have some of that stuff there, but it's kind of just like skewed together until the teachers come through and clean up. But in this case, the playhouse stuff is probably gonna stay with the playhouse stuff. And the puppet stuff is gonna stay with the puppet stuff because they're being a they're now able to associate which goes with which. So it's much different and they can pretend now and they can think outside of the box now. And there's characters now. Remember the possessive has taken place. So that's mom, that's dad, that's baby. And everybody has their own little role and they can make up stories now because their language is so, um, so much more complex than what it was before. They're also using words for social contact, inviting you to play or watch you to play. Like they were doing it before, but it's much different now because they're gonna want you to interact and be a bigger part of it. And they're gonna probably want you to narrate and talk and just really be in tune with what's going on, being a part of what's going on. And again, it's just gonna be a lot more complex than what it was prior to, um, just because they know a lot more now. They've been working really hard over this last year to get to this place to where they can like see things from a different perspective and allow you to be a part of that and it's also because they are okay with you having yours and them having theirs. And they see the benefit now of us doing together. So it's much different. They'll tell you their age now. Before, you know, some kiddos, I've seen two-year-olds like put up their good, like, how old are you? 
I've seen it. But now it's really like, how old are you? And they're really good about telling you how old they are. They're proud of how old they are. They're proud about where they, where they've come. And there's usually like a lot of assertiveness in there. I'm three, you know, like I'm old. I've been there and done that. (laughs) We know we just, oh yeah, you're right. You are three. Like you are man. Oof. Old up there at age. Right. But they really feel like they are just over the hill at this point, they're really excited about their age because they've been working really hard to this point. They're going to engage in adult role-playing and imitation. So you might see them imitating you. You might see one of the friends being the mom again, like I talked about that before, and the other one being the dad. And it's hilarious because you get to see how you act now. (laughs) And they're going to enjoy simple stories being read. Now, I've talked about this time and time again. Like we start reading to our sugars from day one. If we want to establish sugars who love reading, who enjoy reading, A, we should read while they're really young. B, we should model that in the home, which means we should be reading too. But now you'll see them enjoying and picking out like books that they really love, um, stories that they really love characters that they love. So you might have a show on PBS that they really love. And if the book is in the house, then guess what? They're going to be grabbing that book that's associated with that character and having you read it to them because they're really into that character. And again, like this is one of the big things that happens at this point is that they're make believing and they love their characters and now they've grown an affinity for that. And so they want to invite that character into their world as much as possible. And so a lot of times that's through simple stories. At this point, you're going to love me for this. Oh, I was so glad when my sugars got to this age because guess what? They can start doing real household tasks. They can start doing chores, y'all. Like real chores. Do not underestimate those people in all their cuteness. They're cute, but make them do some work. Soon as they know colors, guess what? They can sort laundry. Thank me later. Mm-hmm. If they know that blue is blue, white is white, red is red, sorting can happen. Now you should always go back through, check things out. I'm just trying to help you. But like that initial sorting, even if it's their own stuff, I would start having them sort laundry. They can put groceries away at this point. They can clean up their room at this point, especially if you have stuff labeled and in bins and wherever it's supposed to go, everything has a tone. Stop cleaning up their room. Let them do the first, you know, the first go round. And we know what that's going to look like, like, eh. but go back after them, have them start though, get them into the routine that they have to contribute to the family, to the herd, to the tribe. They got to do their part. They got to do their part. Like make them, hold them to that. Do not be the cleaner. They can be the cleaner. They know how to do stuff. They know how to take it out. They know how to put it back. I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. Mm. They should also respond positively when familiar adults or adults in authority initiate social contact. Kids at this age usually love their teachers like really love their teachers. If you notice at this age that they are having like an aversion towards their teacher or they cry every time they see their teacher and they've been going to that school for a very long time, I would tune in as to what's going on 
because right now they should really be excited about seeing people that they see every single day. And I'm not talking about like they go to school, they're mad that you're leaving them and they cry for like, you know, that shady two minutes soon as you're out the door, they're fine. But I'm talking about through the day, they are having like some kind of feeling and you keep getting reports about my child is crying, my sugar is crying. You need to have a different conversation with you and your parenting partner about is this place the best fit for my sugar or even talk to the teacher and see what's going on throughout the day. If they give you the answer, good, how was my child's day? Good, that's not good enough. I need a little bit more information. What went good? What didn't go so good? What did you notice throughout the day? Because at this point, they should be really happy about seeing them. They should be really happy about seeing you. They should be really happy about seeing if uh, there's relatives in the area, aunts, uncles, uh, grandparents, they should be happy about seeing you guys because they've been seeing you for the last three years. And so it should be extremely exciting for them to see adults around, familiar adults for that matter. They're still going to shy away from people that they don't know. Um, and rightfully so, we wanna see that. We don't want them being so comfortable with strangers that it's almost unsafe because they should have like that distinction between like, this is somebody I know and this is somebody I don't know. And again, it's it goes back to like the possessive thing, like you, me, him, her. But the you, me, him, her, I can identify those. But that unfamiliar person, like who are they? Like they shouldn't be comfortable with that. Finally, they should allow others to participate in their activities. Now, we've talked about this to where they're excited about having a friend have the same toy as them. Well, not like one and they got to split it between the two of them. Don't do that. But like if it was a bunch of blocks out, they should be good with you have some blocks and I have some blocks and maybe she over there has some blocks. They should be good with others being a part of their play and not just the adults. The sugars too. They should be excited about other sugars being a part of their play, being a part of their world, being a part of their environment because it's fun and it's exciting and it's it's important to them because again, they're developing those social parameters. That wraps this up for today, y'all. I want you guys to pay attention to this time. You know, again, the understanding language and the using language at this point, they're they're doing some good stuff. The stuff that they're doing, again, it's not this long laundry list that you need to look out for, but that social piece at this point is crucial. It's critical. It's key because guess what happens after this? It's time for them to go to real preschool. It's time to, for them to get ready for kindergarten. It's time for those pre-academics to start being established. So we wanna know that pragmatically all these things are happening around them because it's going to make such a big difference when it's time to start learning other things. That's gonna be on my bonus material. You guys are gonna have to check that out on Friday. And don't forget y'all, go to iHeartSpeechTherapy.com and subscribe. Like and share with your friends. Keep spreading the word. Did you guys know that we're almost at a thousand listens? That's huge. We're not even a year in. I've had a blast. I'm not stopping nothing. We're going to keep this party going. We're going to keep this train going. This has been just an honor and a privilege to be able to share in this space with you guys. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So I want you guys to just do that for me. Take that next step. Subscribe, like, and share. 
and make sure to catch up on past episodes and make sure that if you know someone who's, you know, whose little sugar is not quite showing us some of these things, let's, let's get them plugged in. Let's get them part of our community, y'all. We are seriously better together. We need each other to thrive during times like this. We should not be islands. We should never be alone. We should never feel like we are alone and we should always have a safe space to tune in. Until the next time, world changers, y'all, take care.